Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. Are you ready? I think I'm. I think I'm finally getting to it. I think I'm finally coming back to uh, some sort of something. You know, um, at least I'm doing this today on a Saturday, which is wild. Like I said last episode, I've been putting them out on Sundays, and I really wish I, you know, I used to be in the schedule. I wanted to keep putting them out on Fridays, and then Saturday was like the last deadline. And then for some reason, I thought Sunday was acceptable for the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I I might have to keep doing that in the future, but uh, for now, I'm I'm doing this one today. But, you know, it's just, uh, it's it's nice. It's it's weird that I almost feel nervous to do this. (laughs) Again, like, I've done this a lot before, but I haven't uh, haven't done a a lone episode in in so long. It just feels kind of weird to me. And the last one I did was kind of like post-pandemic, post-protest when I was starting to feel good in the summer again and uh, just talking about all the stuff that I learned. And uh, yeah, I I mean, so this one's just, uh, it's more of an update type of thing and just kind of talking about how I'm feeling, where I'm at. And I don't know, I'm I'm like a little, I got the butterflies. (laughs) I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I just feel, I feel different. I feel weird. I feel changed, which is good, but just, I don't know. So, I mean, I, the things that help you notice that you've changed, I think, are the consistencies in a way. Because for me personally, I'm feeling a lot more open. And that's another reason why I was like not doing podcasts a lot or not focusing on it and kind of doing other things. Because I had like kind of a mental block since coronavirus. I hadn't written any scripts or stories or stuff like that. And I. I feel like I've moved on from whatever that was. Within this past week, I've been able to write a short story. I've been able to, to think of this, you know, think of ideas to talk about on this podcast episode. And, and it's kind of slowed down at work a little bit. So I've had some time to kind of recoup. And I was able to hang out with one of my best buddies from my hometown. And that was kind of like a refresher for who I am a little bit. And there's just a lot going on right now in this time. You know, fall's kind of hitting. And so... That's what I was talking about, the, the consistencies. So around this time of year, is it starts to get cold and I usually start to feel like this pressure to, it, it's so weird. Usually before I've felt this pressure when it gets cold, it's like cuffing season, right? Or whatever. And, and so I usually feel this pressure to go out and like try to go out to the bars and like find a girl to like chill out with while it's cold and like someone to hang out with. And I don't know. I don't know why. That's, I know it's like a dumb thing to think about all the time or a lot of the time or, you know, once a year or however. Most of the year. All right. All right. Most of the year (laughs) I think about getting a girl. But yeah, you know, I think this year getting back into it, realizing, well, I don't have to go out to the bars, first of all, but also, you know, just kind of accepting that it didn't happen every single year up until this point, pretty much. Like I've never had. Uh, a person to be with during the fall season, and it's my favorite season, and I always kind of let it ruin it for me, you know, not really, like, I still enjoy some of the Halloween traditions that I do, and I hang out with friends, and I love the fall weather, and that's what I'm saying, I love those parts of the season, but there was always, like, a taint on it, and and not, not like a gooch taint, but like, you know, there was like a taint on the nostalgic feeling that this time period brings for me, and, and the, the, the sweetness of kind of chilling out and coming and being okay with being inside and like I don't know it, it this season brings 
a lot more introverted ideals about, I suppose. Like, I, I, I don't know, something, so what kind of triggered it for me is I had Lucas come up last weekend, well, weekend for me, it was like Monday and Tuesday, but he came up and, and he was just like, yeah, man, you know, South Park's coming out, they're coming out with a new episode this week, and I was like, wait, no way, and he's like, yeah, man, it's like, that, it's happening, and I'm like, shit, that's, uh, like, I remember last year this time when South Park was coming out, it was like, that was, I would, oh, South, the new episode this week, and it was like me kind of like settling into my classes and into like where I was living, and it was, it was a really good part of the year, and even though it had that taint because I was chasing that feeling, it still was very natural to me, and it still very, felt very comfortable and, and like homey for, for some reason. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I really enjoy the fall season and I, I love the fact that it's coming back around and that I've kind of adapted since then. And like, that's what I'm saying. Those are those consistencies, like the things that I felt last year that kind of settled me down into where I was, but also now being changed since coronavirus, it's like, I can realize that I don't have to go out and chase things. I don't have to, you know, especially now that I'm not going to, I'm, I'm working 40 hours a week. And I'm not going to school and like worrying about all that stuff. And, you know, it's just nice getting back into where I was and, and it's those consistencies, right? But also the fact that South Park, I just want to talk about the South Park episode real quick. Uh, the pandemic special, it is amazing. And it's not like, I don't know if it's like one of their best episodes or like super funny or anything like that, but it's really nice to be able to like have it just seems like an unfiltered form of media and how people are reacting to everything. And it just seems so real. And it's one of those things that kind of reinforces the fact that you're not alone, that you're not like crazy in the way that you think about everything here. And other people have messed up senses of humors, but also are being affected by this greatly and have the same worries and also see that the country is going to, is insane. And I don't know. I just, uh, it was just nice to, to see that from, on a, a, a major social platform, a major, a major media platform that me and a lot of my friends watch. So, uh, you know, check it out if you want, but, uh, <laughs> if not, you don't have to, but so, I, I mean, I was just going to, you know, talk about how those are the consistencies that I see, but the things that with those consistencies, you see that you are different because you notice those things are the same, but you're different. And I mean, just, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I, I, up and went to Malibu for like three days with some stranger that I didn't think I would <laughs> like I don't think I would ever do that if, if you would have told me I would have done something like that to, to me when I was in eighth grade or something then it would just blow my mind and I'm kind of proud of myself for doing that and it was a fun experience hanging out with Tom Zook you know we got an episode done the, I think that was the first one that I posted on a Sunday and I was like well this one's okay because I'm out in freaking California right now. I mean, I had to post it, but it was just weird doing it then. But I did it, and it was it was a good experience. It was amazing, and uh, I um, I actually have a story from it. If you would like to hear it, okay, all right, stop asking. I'll tell you a story from it. Well, so the, the whole situation. I just met this guy in a bar in, in Athens when I came back to work here. Oh, did I tell? Did I mention that I'm back in Athens? Doesn't that? feel weird that's uh not my favorite part of this whole thing but you know i you know i'm out here and i'm i'm feeling like i said i feel better about being out here than i did last year so 
But anyway, so I'm back out in Athens, and this guy Tom comes in, and he's just this, man, he is a a crazy guy, crazy fella, real, real funny dude. I don't really want to get into the whole story. You can listen to the podcast episode if you want to know more about Tom. But we just hit it off that night and kind of went out for drinks and just got all, uh, I don't know, it, it was just, he's just such an interesting guy. He grew up in Athens and then moved to Florida and then New York and now he's lived in San Francisco for so long and and he's willing, and he like offered to fly me out to California just because he knew that I wanted to go out into a big city and see what it was like and I was like, well, I mean, what what do you have to gain? <laughs> what are you gaining from this? <laughs> and I mean, he's just like, well, I mean, I kind of just fell into wealth somehow. Like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here now. And I like to share, you know, I like to be generous. I like to, to share experiences. And, and you know, I, I used to be a professor. He talked about that a little bit. And he connects with uh, a lot of younger people and people who show a lot of potential. And, you know, people like me who are amazing and <laughs> are going places in life, right? I mean, obviously... I don't know if you've heard this this podcast called Articulate, but, you know, he just, we like I said, we kind of just hit it off, and he was like, yeah, I got money. I mean, flights are super cheap now anyways. Let, you know, come out and visit me. We'll have a good time. There's like a birthday, and one of my best friends is having a birthday party or whatever. Let's hit up Malibu. It could be a good time. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. And uh, I did. I was like, you know, I, I could take off a couple days off of work now that I'm working 40 hours a week. Before, I was working only per- part-time. And I'd always feel bad about like taking any weekends off because I was a server and they needed me. But now I'm working like 40 hours a week. I'm going to be there pretty much all the time anyways. Uh, so why not take off like three days? So I went out there and he showed me around San Francisco and, you know, he shared, showed me around his hometown, Los Gatos. You can look it up. It's a very upper class white area, which he kind of said ironically, but it's kind of also messed up but you know i don't i don't know it's called los gatos so it's like there's some ethnicity going on there who who knows uh <laughs> i don't even know if those are the right words to use who knows but anyways it was really normal it was you know i didn't he didn't make me he wasn't like a sugar daddy he didn't make me do any sexual acts <laughs> it's funny i actually so the night that i met tom i like hung out with him we had a good time and then i it was just like a, a wild night and i don't want to get into it but I was telling my buddy Evan that I work with, who was on two episodes here, I was just telling him the whole entire story, and then I wrapped it up, and and then at the end I was like, yeah, and then and then we fucked, like, and then we, and then we banged, and it was like just kind of like a joking thing, just because like it seemed like that the, that was the direction it was going, but that's not where it went because it was like I said, pretty normal for the most part, just kind of fun. And, but to end it like that, it was like, oh, oh, okay. He was like, yeah, oh, that's really, you guys, and I was like, yeah, I'm just, yeah. And I was joking, but I, you know, I'm a very sarcastic person and very dry, apparently, more so than I, than I could tell, uh, most of the time because Evan thought that I actually, you know, had sexual relations with Tom. And, uh, <laughs> so he, and, and it's not like I would be ashamed if I did or whatever. I'm not, you know, as far as I know, <laughs> this far in life, I am completely straight, and I, you know, I can put that on there. I'm not, that's so weird. It's like, I have to justify saying that I think I'm straight, but anyways, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation, but anyways, I shouldn't have to do that, and I apologize if I'm offending anybody. I'm not trying to. I'm just stating that 
I'm not gay. And to, to joke about it, it wasn't even a joke about it. Like I said, it was more about, about the misdirection of it. But I was like, yeah, but then we bung at the end of the night. And because, like I said, it was a very, it seemed like it was leading towards that. And, you know, when you, you, you hear a story about like a, a young, naive, straight kid hanging out with like an older uh, gay man, then I don't know, people just assume. And like I said, it was more about the misdirection. I fully, if you're, if you're in that situation, just, you know, go ahead. You, you know, you do you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge. Why, why? Anyways, so long story short, <laughs> he told my manager <laughs> that I banged Tom and like for real. And sh- so they both thought it was real. And then like she went on vacation and so I was hanging out with Evan in, be- in between that time when she was gone. And, and I, I came back from Malibu and I told him, I was like, yeah, it was a good time. And, and he's like, Oh, so did you guys like hook up a lot out there or what? I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys bung while you were here in Athens. Like, I don't see why you didn't like, did you shag a lot while you were out there? And I was like, bro, we didn't actually bang here. You know that, right? <laughs> and he's like, what, what really? And, and we kind of just laughed it off. And I was like, yeah, that's hilarious that you actually thought that. But yeah, I mean, no, we didn't, we didn't do anything. And then he was just like, oh no. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, I told Ashley, she, she thinks you actually banged Tom. And I'm like, oh my God. So then she like knew the story and then he like brought it up and I had to like go and tell her later. I'm like, Hey, you know, by the way, I didn't bang him. Right. And she's like, Oh, okay. That makes so much more. I just didn't, you just don't seem like that, that, that type. I'm like, I'm not. And it just kind of worked out. But anyways, we didn't bang neither in San Francisco nor Los Gatos nor Malibu. But we went all those places, and it was a really good time. Tom is a very nice guy, and that's not his only, you know, identification factor. There's a lot more to him besides the fact that he's gay. And again, you can learn more about him on that episode that I released with him. And uh, and I really want to, you know, I thanked him on air then, and I want to thank him again for flying me out there and showing me that experience, because it was really just, you know, amazing. And anyways one of the stories the good so that was like a preface type of thing but like the funny story is me going to this dispensary for the first time and just like my well I feel like when I was a senior in high school and maybe like a freshman in college my entire personality was just like weed and uh I mean it's it's still mostly weed don't get me wrong (laughs) but like going in into a dispensary just was like like everything that I had ever wanted to see in my life. It was amazing. It was, you know, and people were like, hey, what's going on, man? Have you ever been in, in a dispensary before? And they're like, well, let me show you around. And like, yeah, we got beer that has THC in it. We got weed that has THC in it. And I'm like, no, you got you got weed with THC? No. And yeah, yeah it, was a really, it was a really good time. And obviously my eyes were bigger than my stomach in that moment. And I bought like an eighth out there. And, uh, it was, it was quite a bit. Um, and I thought I was only there for three days, but I figured other people that I would be with would want to smoke or like, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know. I just thought I would be smoking more of it, but I also bought, um, a joint along with that, like a pre-roll joint. And so I had like the weed, but I didn't have anything to smoke it out of. So I lit up the pre-roll joint and the pre-roll joint was way stronger than I had previously assumed. And, of course, I was like, after two hits of the thing, I was like, oh, I am good on that. So that joint basically lasted me the whole entire <laughs> three days and I still had an eighth left. And somebody actually told me that 
flying weed isn't illegal, but pretty sure that doesn't sound right. I think I looked it up afterwards and it says it's definitely illegal to fly weed on it because it's not federally legal yet. And even if you're in San Francisco, you can still get in trouble for, you know, smoking and selling weed, I think, because, you know, if you were to get broken in by like a federal administration or something like that, like the feds, (laughs) the feds. (laughs) But yeah, so, you know, I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't have any metal in the container. So, I mean, I'll put it in my bag when I fly back just to, just to try it out. You know, I'm not just going to leave all this weed like that I bought and, and just let it go. So I just put it in the bag and like worst case scenario, they like take it out and they're like, sir, you're trying to sneak weed on the plane. I'm like, Oh no, I totally forgot to take that out. That's completely my fault. You can throw it away or whatever. And like, that's fine. And also, you know, I'm white. So I know that, <laughs> you know, for the most part, I'll probably be, be fine in this case scenario, which is fucked up, you know, but I was, Anyway, so I go in, I'm like, alright, and, and before, of course, I, the weed that I did have left, I wanted to get high before the plane ride, you want to be high on the plane, for the plane ride, you're high while you're high, and so, you know, it's a 30 minute drive to the airport, so I didn't want to smoke before the drive, when you get to the airport, I was like, well, I'll just smoke here, and that was not a great idea at all, people, like, families are, like, hugging each other, like, crying, like, waving goodbye, and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> like, oh god damn it. I'm at a federally regulated airport. <laughs> Alright, Jesus Christ. And I just like put it down and got pretty baked. Like I said, you only need a, a, a few hits. But, uh, <laughs> so anyways, like put it out, throw it away, and like run inside real quick. Spray some cologne on, of course. Axe, obviously. Axe body spray. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, it just hits me immediately. And I'm trying to go through security. And they're like, no, sir, you need to. Put your shoes in a bin, put the electronics in another one, and then put everything else. I'm like, all right, okay, sorry. And I was just like fucking it up. I'm like, okay. And then I go through the, the, like the scanner, and I put my arms up, and they're like, uh, do you, do you have like a belt on, sir? I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. And I pull it off, and I go through it like three times. By the third time, they're like, sir, do you have anything else in your pockets? And I like reach in, I'm like, oh no. And I had left, the lighter in my pot. Why? The lighter of all things. I'm like, I am so sorry. And they're like, so you're going to have to, if you want to, you're going to put it through the thing. You throw it away. I'm just, I was like, I'm just going to throw it away. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I am fucked. And I throw the lighter, the lighter away and I go through it. And finally I get through it. And I come to the other side of the scanner and it, my bag is sitting there open with a guy with gloves on, like reaching through all my shit. And I'm like, oh, it's over. It's done. I'm, it's, psh- I'm going to jail. I'm at Guantanamo Bay, probably. <laughs> and so I like walk up to it, and the guy with gloves on is looking through my bag. There's a guy next to me, like with his bag there, and a woman looking through his bag, and she's like, "Sir, you know it is illegal to fly these substances through the airport." And I'm like, "Oh shit, he's getting fucked. I'm about to get fucked." And they're like looking through the bag, and I'm like what's going on? What, what can I help you with? And he's just like, oh, nothing, man. You're, you're good. We just found a water bottle from like the last flight. It was like one of those travel size water bottles that they give you. We just found that in your bag and he like pulls it out. And as he's like looking through it, like you just see, like, I, I don't know why I kept like the raw, uh, like joint rolling cones and you like, they just pop out like, hello. <laughs> and <laughs> Like Peppa the Pig, hello, and I'm like, oh fuck, they're gonna find it, they're gonna kill me, uh, or send me to Guantanamo Bay or whatever. 
but he just pulls out the water bottle and like he's like all right you're good to go i'm like that's it that's that's all and he's like yeah here you go and he like gives me my bag and the other dude is just getting fucked he's just like i mean he's just like so you're really gonna make me throw all that stuff away and i was like damn bro and they're like so we, we, we're gonna go ahead and get somebody above us some, somebody to come talk to you about it and like he was getting in like trouble trouble and of course he was black and he was the same age and i don't know what his like how much he had brought or whatever but i just again that was just such a, a an example of, of white privilege i felt really bad about it but also i was very high walking away with the bag like oh, i did it <laughs> i fucking did it and it was insane. And that is the story that I had for you about Malibu. And anyways, uh, so I brought the weed back and it is really good shit. But I'm admitting to a, a legal thing. If you want to come arrest me because, you know, whatever, then that's fine. I mean, I deserve it probably at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not really worried about jail. I, I just tip, I just call it, uh, adult juvie. Uh, and that's, that's nothing, you know. <laughs> Anyways, I'm such a dick. I'm such a white privileged dick. I'm sorry. I know that, you know, at least I'm admitting it, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. That doesn't mean anything. And you should advocate and go vote and go protest and do the things. Anyways, uh, we're, we're, that's a different, that's a different episode. But anyways, so yeah, it was, it's pretty much fucked up. And you know what, what's also fucked up about the whole black situation is that we're like, I don't know. Again, I don't really have a, place to talk about it but like how blatant can our government be to just like not give any of those officers in Breonna Taylor's death like just any charges about the whole thing like at all I don't I just don't understand that and I mean somebody was like well you know if you look into the case like the police officers were just doing their job but then if you look into why they were doing their job because of like who ordered it, then that's fucked up. And then you look back into gentrification, but then it's really a nonprofit, but then the nonprofit is run by police. You know, it's, there's just always, there's just always such a back and forth. And that's not with just this thing, but everything that they try to make political, there's always two freaking sides to it. And we're never going to know like what is actually going on at all because they want us, they just want to keep us in this confusion space and 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 just keep us turned against each other and it's just messed up and uh and yeah that's why i hate election year <laughs> election year just turns everybody against each other and this year i don't know if every year is like this every election year is definitely not like this they've never had a coronavirus during an election year but i just remember last election year i also that was when you know i went to juvie <laughs> so I, I hate election years <laughs> 2016 juvie also it just like i said it just weirdly heightened tensions between like families and people in general you can't go on social media without seeing something about it and it's just ugh, too much and this year coronavirus you know it's um uh, it's a lot but it is you know these the, those two years personally again um, it's not over yet but they so far have, have already been uh really good for learning you know like i learned a lot going to juvie i learned a lot about myself about you know my integrity about the jokes that i make the lines that i cross and i you know and this year you know i, I learned a lot about isolation and 
you know, I just feel, I felt more confident back then after I'd got out and went back to school. And, you know, I feel more confident now in, in being depressed and alone. So it just kind of works out like that. And, uh, yeah, no. So, so getting back into this, this time of year, getting back to where I am, I, you know, like I said, it's that consistency of remembering what falls like, but now being, going through all those things, the Kroger warehouse, prime, coronavirus, protests, all that stuff, going through it, coming back into this semi-normal type of area where, again, it's like, you don't have to, I mean, I mean, it might not be normal for everybody, but feel normal for everybody quite yet. But like, personally for me, you know, I didn't go out to the bars all that much. Well, I did, but I didn't like it wasn't my favorite thing to do all the time. So, you know, now it's fall again. I still go to work, the place that I worked at last year. And I still stay inside and watch movies after work. And then I wake up and work out and just kind of like eat, watch TV, read, meditate or whatever. And just kind of get back into it. And it feels pretty good just to like know that I don't know, and there's still a lot going on, and the year's not over, and I get that, but, I mean, just, I kind of, you know, stopped listening to music, because, like, you know, over the summer, I feel like you feel a lot of noise with the music, and, uh, and coming back here, you're, like, pumped up to be back again, you're playing a bunch of music, and then, you know, you just kind of get tired of your own music, and so, I've been, you know, just turning it off recently, and I don't listen to, to it in the showers all the time, and you're just kind of... I just kind of like, I've chilled out a lot, you know, it's colder and, and you feel very, like I say, it gets a little quiet and a little lonely, but it's now it's almost, it's a little quiet and it's a little lonely, but you come back and it's, it's, that's what you almost need, you know, it's almost homey in a way. It feels, feels kind of good. I'm, I'm, I'm just back, you know, I actually, you know, you don't have to worry about FOMO anymore when it's cold, you know, it, it means you know, it, well, I mean, in coronavirus, you kind of still had the FOMO during the summer. You're like, damn, I should be out having fun out at the beaches, at the bars, and whatnot. But now it's coronavirus and the cold weather. It's like, I can stay inside and um, read. I can write a script. I can meditate. You know, it's it's getting back into being creative again. And, you know, it it means you don't, I mean, another thing is, you don't have to hang out with people you don't really get along with, you know, you always like meeting people and just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And it's just, it's a lot of those relationships that you make are kind of um, not very satisfying. And um, I mean, yeah, it sucks because you don't meet as many people, but I feel like the new people that you do meet are, you just have more potential for like closer relationships or at least like a funny, weird story because you're in a, you know, I think at this point now, if you're hanging out with somebody, they kind of have to come over to your house or you go over to their place and then you kind of just chill with them and it's just, or, and then maybe there's one or two new people and everybody kind of has an equal platform to talk to each other. Whereas opposed to at a party, you know, they just yell over the music and you only have like, at, like at most you're spending like 15 minutes standing in one place and then somebody has to go get a drink or you guys are moving to another bar or you know or, you, or you're just getting fucked up and you don't really have like you don't have like a real conversation you know I don't know it just feels like I've a lot of the relationships that I've made and I still have flourished over colder times than they did over 
summer times. So maybe that's just me. But it makes sense, logically, if you think about it. But I don't know. Getting back into the groove of things with the cold weather and being inside. I'm able to manage time a little bit more. Do a podcast today. You know, homework feels more, you know, I do still have a little bit of homework that I've been doing. It's all online and it it feels kind of normal again. You know, you don't have to like, it's when you first come back and you're just like, oh, I got homework, dude, shit, it's due this Sunday. It's like, well, now you know to expect every week you're going to be doing these types of assignments and, you know, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a midterm to worry about or whatever, a couple tests here or there. But really, I mean, it's just, it's pretty manageable, I think. And, uh, like I said, uh, unfortunately, it means uh, a lot more masturbating. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta love the M and M's, right? Meditation, masturbation, M and M. Yeah, so you you have to love M and M's, uh, and they're both really weirdly connected. You know, it's all about yourself and your body, and you know, focusing yourself and really knowing who you are. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of all over the place, but I like, you know, that's where I like to be. I like to be right in the middle of all over the place. <laughs> And, uh, and anyways, I hope you're, you're kind of getting into your groove around this time period. Um, it's October 1st, so we're in the, you know, the beginning of the end of October. I do want to go over one last thing about how, you know, kind of the changing again and, and how each year you're going to have these consistencies that you notice, but each year you're going to be different. So what changes within you and what kind of stands out to you during that year is something that I think would be beneficial to focus on. So, I mean, for me, the the changing process kind of started my sophomore year and I started noticing this word thrown around a lot. That was, it's the word mindset, you know, like people talking about, well, you have to be in this sort of mindset or you have to change your mindset towards this type of thing to to do what you want to do. You have to put yourself in the mindset to work. You have to put your mind, yourself in the mindset to create. And it was a very big word for me. And I was like, wow, not, not a big word, but it was a, a influential word. And it really hit me and it struck me. And it, I wanted to, to, to be in the right mindset. And so that's the, the changing mindset that, tried, that, that kind of turned things on for me and, and started get my brain working a little bit towards being better. And, uh, and so, you know, then the next step for me was kind of perspective, this idea of, of learning other people's perspective and where they're coming from and all the different people around the world and uh, in rural areas versus, you know, urban areas and cities and um, things like that. You, you just get this perspective and that, that at first was of, of another word that kind of hit, struck a chord, the word perspective and every single person on this earth has a different perspective and that kind of lead led me to this this word empathy, uh, which was kind of struck a lot this last summer. Empathy was a very big word for me to to be able to kind of connect with, and you have to see all these perspectives and not only understand the mindsets that they're coming from and that they were made from, and learn how they view things, but also have empathy. Just because you don't have the same one, you don't have the same view, you don't have the same ideals as them you still have to have empathy because of the way that that, that's just who they are. And from there, you kind of have to change that empathy into looking at yourself. And, and yeah, you don't have the same ideals as them, but why not? What, what ideals do you have? And, and the word for me that's been hitting a lot recently is, you know, uh, values, learning, looking inward and learning 
what values that you really, really take to heart and that you really, things that drive you. You know, I've, I've been trying to apply for a lot of jobs recently and this, uh, one job, it's not, I didn't even get an offer for it. And, you know, I'm still in the process of it, but part of the deal would be if I were to get the job to get paid really well, I would still have to, uh, they, they asked if I would be willing to shave my beard and, and be clean cut. And it's kind of funny at first. I'm like, what? Of course. Like, yeah, I would, I mean, it's kind of dumb that I have to do that, but you know, I keep my, I keep my beard trimmed. I, I keep it looking fresh as fuck. You know, it's like, keep it looking good, but if that's like part of the culture and you're going to pay me a bunch of money for it, then I mean, yeah, let's like, let's do it. That seems kind of dumb, but also I look like 12 without a beard. <laughs> uh, but not only that, you know, I was just meditating on it the other day. And again, this is the first time I meditated in like, uh, probably since a few months at least. But I like, what made me, why did that, when she brought that up, it actually, when she brought up the fact that I was going to have to shave my beard, it actually kind of like took me aback a little bit. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And like, why was that such a big deal? Like, I, I get that it's kind of dumb, but like, what was it hitting within my values that I didn't, like, it made me question even taking this job. And what it was, was that I feel like personally, my beard is, is a form of expression. It, it's literally an attached, it's attached to me. It's a part of me. And I mean, earrings and jewelry are almost an extension of that in, in itself, you know? And if these people kind of, if they want you, if they want to change your exterior, I mean, that's fine. And there's people who can do that. And like I said, it shouldn't really be that big of a deal. But personally, for me, I figured out that I value personal expression because I value art and I value truth and I, I value people's people portraying themselves in the way that they want to be seen. And so, I mean, I, again, I'm still in the process, but I, you know, if they offer me the job, I still don't, not a hundred percent if I'm going to take it because I don't think I should have to do that for a company. And so, yeah, it's, that's something I'm, I'm going to be trying to focus on a lot more. It's, I'm glad I figured out that personal value of mine uh, about expression. And, you know, it's always been there, obviously. Like I've known this whole podcast is called Articulate because it's about art and expression. But I didn't realize how core that actually was to me, how deep that ran through my veins. And so this this kind of isolation, this next upcoming iso <laughs> isolation period of winter, where it's not actually isolation period, but it's more time. Like I said, you feel less FOMO. I gave all the reasons for it, but I, this next period, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to figure out all my core values, but it's, it's going to take some time and I, it might take the whole winter. It could just take the beginning, you know, but it's something that I really want to focus on, uh, moving forward from here. So, uh, you know, hopefully you've started to recognize some patterns in yourself and decisions that you've made and kind of, you know, really think about them. Like, why did you, you know, why did you break up with that person? Why did you not work over in quarantine? Why did you get upset about something that somebody said? Why did, you know, question the reactions that you choose to make because you, you, you know, you don't typically knowingly choose to do a lot of things. You just do them. That's how we live. We just go. And, you know, you just need to be able to take some time to reflect on that and assess those decisions you made. And if you have decisions that you made that you don't like, 
It's probably because of a value that was instilled in you when you were young through either society or family or whatever. And you need to be able to realize that that's something that you value. And if it's like a personal value to you, but it goes against your ethics, then maybe it's not the best value to have. Maybe it's something you need to work on to change. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's not really a direction with that besides, you know, maybe just going further into it. Think about those things. Think about the things that scare you. Think about those feelings that you have. If you have money for therapy, which I don't, that's what I have to do. Meditation. But if you have that, if you have that resource, use your privilege and, and, and use that and figure out a way to make yourself better. So that way, when you come out of this period of weird isolation, extra isolation or whatever, when you get back into your, your life and feel like you're settling down again and you feel your stride, then you should be able to, you know, you want that to be exemplified. You want that to be shown throughout who you are and every decision you make. And because you don't, you know, if you figure that out during this period of isolation and reflection, then you, when you go back and start just making decisions again and just living, like, like I said, like, that's just how it happens. You don't always knowingly make decisions, but you do do them. You know, you want to be able to reflect those personal values of yours. And, uh, and hopefully that'll make you a better person and make your life better. And hopefully it'll make other people's lives better as well. <sighs> or just drop out and do drugs, have a good time live hard, die young. Sounds like a good way to go. Anyways, I hope you find a love of your life. I hope you make all the money that you feel is necessary for you to be happy. I feel you don't have to have money. I hope you don't have to want money to feel successful. I hope you are close with your closest family members and friends and that you know, no relations, relationships were tarnished and I hope they continue to flourish and I hope you have a good night tonight. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me mumble and bumble and stumble about nothing, but about everything at the same time. <laughs> All right. That was this episode of Articulate with Steve McJones. I love you. Thanks for listening. Amen. Okay. Bye. you do that to me? I can't believe you would do that.